great day, amazing human. Welcome to the Empowered In My Skin podcast, where our mission is to help 1 billion people in this world think in more empowering ways. Empower humans, empower humans. So you are in the right spot to become a lead domino for empowerment today. My name is Inke Chi. I'm not only your host, but I am a vibrant optimist obsessed to bring you empowering content with each episode. We will be bringing you content alternating between longer episodes with feature guests and shorter episodes called Empowering Bites, where I'll be joined by my co-host, Gabby Mamone. So if you're ready, let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to the next episode of Empowered My Skin Podcast. So I've got five words to describe this episode's guest. They are activator, maximizer, futuristic, arranger, and empathy. She has worn and does wear many hats. She is an HR leader with expertise in diversity and inclusion and tech recruitment. In 2018, she was awarded Canada's number one recruiter and in 2019 and successfully maneuvered her career while raising four children. As her children moved off to university, she made the switch from soccer mom to endurance athlete and achieved the great feat of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro just before turning 50. Since then, she's climbed the highest mountain in 10, 10 countries. Come on. She runs a successful consulting business called Hello Awesome, which specializes in teams and individuals activating their awesome and bringing joy and success into their work. She shares her adventures and athletic accomplishments through her blog, Karen Get Her Done, where she's living positively and painted forward through adventure, nature, challenges, and learning. So everyone, please, amazing humans, put your ears together and join me in a big podcast. Welcome to Karen Simpson. (laughs) Well, hello, Karen. Oh, hi, beautiful. You are a gift, definitely. And thank you for that introduction. Thank you. I thought I was going to get hello, awesome. (laughs) I answered to that. I answered to that. So, as I know, someone who's climbed, I can't even wait to ask you about that, but someone who's climbed 10, 10 mountains in 10, 10 mountains, I guess, or yeah, 10, 10 mountains, 10 countries. What is the most empowered thought that you've had today as you climb today's mountain? Empowered thought that I've had today is just being outside in nature. Um, um, I'm in the country right now in the water and you can't beat the weather today. So just being outside with my dog and, and my man. I love that. For anyone that knows, yeah. we're uh, we're recording this in April. We're um, here on the East Coast and um, in, in Canada. We have really seasonal, highly seasonal temperatures. It's really hot out there. It's not supposed to be this hot, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Okay, so still keeping on the theme of empowerment, and you know, in light of the work that you do, and even just this, you know, your company, which we'll get into the, you know, talking about how you launched that and and how that was curated. You know, when do you and just even just being able to climb mountains like. That's big. That's big. It's not, I, I don't know what the percentage of people in the world that do it. I know I'm not in that percentage. So there's not a lot of people that are doing that. You know, what's your earliest memory of being empowered? And, uh, and why does that memory stand out for you? So this will be as much a message for kids as it is about me being empowered mm. when I was young. Um, 
Um, I vividly remember, I was a very hyperactic, actually my kindergarten teacher, first day I was in school, I was, I'm a December baby, I was a bit tall for my age, so my kids, my parents probably for very good and vibrant reasons put me into school as early as they could. And then my kindergarten teacher (laughs) said to my mom, your kid's hyperactive, you need to put her on drugs. Now, I was almost a thalidomide baby. So if you look at my age, early early 1960s, my mom was sick when she was pregnant. She could have taken that drug and then I could could look very different than Mm -hmm. I do now. So she wasn't big on drugs and she's definitely not big on labels. She says, no, I'm going to put my kid into, she's hyperactive. I'll put her into all the sports that she wants to be put into. So I became a figure skater. And as I got along through the ranks in figure skating, one day my co- I said to my coach, I want to do my next test already. And my coach said, no, you're not too re- not ready. You just passed the last one. You just started working on this whole sequence. And I'm like, but I really want to do it. I really believe in myself. I want to do it. So she called my parents over. They listened to her. And then they pulled me aside. And my parents said, so what do you want to do? I said, mom, dad, I really think I can do it. Like, I want to do this. I need to prove this to myself as much as anybody. And I was maybe 12-ish is what my memory is. And so they said, okay, so you go tell your teacher. It's not them telling my teacher. They said, Mm. you go tell your teacher. They empowered me to do that, Mm. to make that decision and to let that decision be mine. And I passed. I passed. So, I mean, at a young age to have a, the fortune of having parents that believed in me, Mm. I mean, there was a lot of cost and extra private coaching and all that stuff that went into it as well. And we weren't a rich family, but they just knew that there was more lesson in this than you could ever get from. And you know, Man. you know, what I also feel I took from that, like, I think what came up for me, the thought too is, and I don't know if that was their thinking, but by making, by, by empowering you to go and actually, you know, talk to your teacher, it holds you more accountable. Yep. Right. So I also see a lot, like a big sense of accountability coming out of that. Like when you, when you say you're going to do something and you're the one saying it, you tend to push through yeah. and do it. That's awesome. Awesome. And then the commitment I took to the process, yeah. right? I mean, it wouldn't have necessarily mattered if I passed it or not. I knew my parents believed in me. That message was already strong. And and my teacher now knew, okay, just like Karen do her thing. She walks to her own drummer sometimes. Um, and it just was definitely an empowering thing that stood out. And I had had some other obstacles as a kid. I mean, the whole hyperactive thing. And back in, back in the 60s, those things weren't diagnosed. Yeah. And then in grade three, I got held back for a year so imagine you've built your friends up through kindergarten up to grade three and then how do you find out back in, in the 60s that you're being held back is the teacher wrote the names of those who failed on the board mm. so I found out and they didn't talk to the parents so I found out that day the last day of school by seeing my name on that board and like oh, I had no idea I'm walking home by myself I'm sure if my parents knew they would have been there to walk home with me mm. and you're just like, you're in complete grief and denial. Like as a kid, it just tears you apart because now you're ostracized from all your friends. Yes. Yeah. Friends, friends of past and friends to come because you're the person who failed, was held back in grade three. So, but I mean, I grew a feistiness from that. But I, I know you've seen pieces of, and there are pieces all over the my life actually because of having to deal with those things. And sometimes we save our kids from all those traumas. right? And I mean, certainly there's traumas we want to save our kids from, but, 
But sometimes there's really good lessons that come at an early age from that, that help you get through things that you don't know are coming later in life. Yeah. I have to, I have to also ask you though, like, was there any trauma in that, that you had to some point in your life just kind of let go of? Like, do you think it, like it's, did it cause any triggers later on in life? And you, and you're like, okay, I got to figure this one out and unpack it. Yeah. I mean, I will admit that going through this whole coaching certification process, I had actually packaged a lot of that away, compartmentalized, put it under the bed, wherever it was stored. And then in coaching, one of the benefits is that they're bringing, you're telling your story and you're discovering these things about yourself. They're being brought out by you, right? Mm -hmm. Because somebody's asking you the right questions that gets you there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, certainly having the experience of a whole bunch of coaches when you're doing your coaching hour times, um, asking you these questions. And I mean, there was one session in particular that she just kept digging and digging and digging on uh, what makes me do things at this point in life, like, I don't think that I have any limitations. I think we should all think that way um, and realize that it goes way back to my childhood. I am actually motivated by the word can't. Mm. So people were always older people, um, leader people were telling me that I couldn't do things. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to show you skating, <laughs> skating teacher or my parents or my grandma or whoever it might be, right? Authority figure saying you can't do something. And I wasn't a troublemaker that way, but I became, I started to use that as a feistiness inside me. Um, I remember doing a speech, you know, when you do those speak con- speaking competitions when you're a kid, mm-hmm. mine was what was in primary school. And I wasn't real keen on it because I'm actually not an extrovert. And I wrote a speech on sandwiches that went all the way to regional sandwiches. <laughs> and every, every time I got to the next level, there was a nicer dress involved yeah. because my mom was getting more and more excited about it. So I'm like, yeah, I didn't think that I could, like, I didn't know what the heck. I thought I was just presenting to my class and then, Oh, now you're presenting to the whole school. Now you're the whole district. And it just kept on and going on and on. And I'm like, wow, I mean, you're nervous. But you just work through it. Yeah. So speaking about obstacles, working through and all this and the other, I want to get into the your endurance journey, which started about 10 years ago. And um, I don't even like what led to you making a decision that that mountain called Kilimanjaro, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to climb it. <laughs> well, my doctor's involved in some of these things, meaning my doctor had said, I need to start treating you like you had a heart attack, I guess, raising four kids, being on a hundred percent commission job, being in kind of the main money earner in the family and having working too many hours and all that stuff kind of accumulated. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't putting myself first, which isn't selfish by the way. Now I know that, but, and so then I knew I had to punk down a lot of money with a trainer to go in and start doing something about it. Otherwise I wouldn't show up. And within a week, I'm like, I need a goal because I'm not excited about this. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be turning 50 in a year. I should plan something big. So I did. I always collected Wonder of the World books. And I'm like, this picture of Mountain Kilimanjaro, I'm like, I'm going to go climb that. And I'm like, everybody, I'm surrounded by a bunch of positive people, because I do believe you are who you surround yourself with. And everybody says, oh, you can't do that. Oh, my God. My, I remember my, my dear mom says, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, here I was making this decision. I didn't even know what altitude was. I was that naive about this whole experience. And then I put it on social media 
and people started to follow my journey and that's kind of where a lot of it came from but that was that was the turning point in my life not only for empowering myself but getting healthier and stepping into my fears because I really went all in I loved it I loved it who would have thought that I loved climbing mountains I thought I'd be a one-hit wonder I ended up it was a passion in my life and I came home and I I'm like, I need to do that over and over again, but it needs to be a lot easier than what that just was. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard. So I became a runner, one of the climber, um, climbing guides. I said, well, how am I going to train? And they said, well, you need to pick something that you don't like to do because you can't train for summit day. Mm-hmm. Summit day is like 24 hours of doing the hardest thing you've ever done. And you probably can't breathe while you're doing it. So it's a mental thing. And I went all in on, I said, I hate running. I went all in on it. I thought I'm going to do 10 Ks. I'll do a regular 10 Ks. And at 10 K, it wasn't until I ran 10 K in that group, the leader made us run 12 K so that we'd be extra ready for the 10 K. And we're not, we're all in that class. We're like, that's false advertising. You can't make us run more than 10. (laughs) This is a 10 K group. And I found out that run is still one of my favorite runs ever because I found out I actually love the distance. Mm -hmm. It takes me eight. 8k to warm up and then when I get over 20k I'm actually thriving wow if you don't try yeah, you, you won't never know. know you'll yeah. never know so I did five marathons in two years and one of them was like an full, ultra marathon. full marathons yep and an ultra is seven, 70 an ultra is over 50 so I did 53 at 53 wow how long did that take you um, I think it was around six hours. I remember just over six hours. Yeah. It was up over the Niagara escarpment to Niagara Falls and then all the way back to uh, Niagara and the lake. I, I loved it. It was beautiful. It was 93. <laughs> People can see me like running for a I love it. It's beautiful. Doesn't it? it doesn't compute for me, but, but I know I still don't like running, but I love the community. Yeah, I love being yeah. outdoors. Yeah. I love the endorphins I got addicted to. Yes. Um, so there's things that you get from running that you, know, you don't get from other sports, yeah. but then yeah. into, I'm going to become a, a long distance cyclist now. Cause I'm going to do the ride to conquer cancer, nice. a lot of cancer in our family, including myself. And, I'm like, I, tr- I trained with that with the TD team and first time I've been on a bike in 40 years and I'm afraid of the skinny road tires and the clicking my feet in and bashing into another cyclist and all these fears. And I ended up loving it. I did it several times. So, I mean, then I did a duathlon and I got on, which is running and cycling. Mm-hmm. And I got on the podium, the very first one I ever did. Wow. You're pretty, <laughs> that's pretty incredible, my friend. And you did all of this on the, on the north side of 50 yeah all starting at 50 wow that's incredible yeah, i went to russia i climbed in russia mount elbrus um that was with the the record holder the i've had the incredible privilege of climbing with some of the world's best mountaineers mm-hmm. so russia is they actually reference you you have to have done another glacier and they call that guy and who is another major 8,000 meter <laughs> climber and they find out because they because other people's lives are dependent on yeah. you yeah. being able to mm-hmm. climb so you're tied together and it's dangerous and you're living with them and so I mean it's been a wonderful experience I really love doing glacier climbing so how long did it take you to train for the first for Mount Kilimanjaro 
a year and a half, I'll say that a year and a half, but six months before I went like major in, I did a hour and a half. So you get this the morning person in you for uh, from five 30 until seven, every more five mornings a week, we did a major boot camp with um, corporals actually, which is an army boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, running with tires <laughs> they put us through some crazy crap and we did tough mutters in that with that group but we were also doing stuff on the outside of so we would do that every morning and then I would be doing other stuff at night doing a lot of um weightlifting yes that's yeah. important that's important for everything you so, got to build up the red blood cells in your body okay okay so every other training for all the n- remaining nine mountains that you climbed and I believe you just climbed you said Panama Panama, Panama, yeah, have been easier. I know that that doesn't. I don't. I'm not. Sure. I, I'm very cautious to use the word easy. But you did say that you never. You didn't want it to be as hard as Mount Kilimanjaro. So, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're staying in shape to climb, or like what does that? Most look of the like? time, most of the time. I mean, admittedly, the last four or five years, I've um, I've let a lot of that drop off because of some health things. I was overtraining at a point and I got adrenal fatigue, which takes a long time to recover from. Um, and, but so things, and then there's volcano, big difference between volcanoes and big mountains. Volcanoes are very steep. And in some countries like Cuba, the route is straight up the mountain. There's mm-hmm. no switchbacking. There's no going along. So we're, we went to Cuba to climb the highest mountain in Cuba which ended up us having to climb across a whole mountain range. And we did the three highest mountains in Cuba. So when I say I've done the highest mountain in those countries, I mean, in some countries like Guatemala, I did four mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's, but it was so worth it because our tent was pitched on a ridge with a, with fuego, which was going off, blasting out smoke every hour on the hour we'd wake up and our tent would have like ashes all over the outside. And it's, it's tragic in that a year after we were there, it blew, it did blow up. So, I, know, I was just going to say, couldn't it erupt? Like I watched, uh, there was a Netflix movie, uh, show and I can't remember what it's called right now. It's not, it's escaping me, but it was about, and, um, it was about a, was it in Australia, but it was about a mountain, um, a volcano that people vi- go and visit to, um, and it actually erupted while they were there and it was just yeah. horrific. Yeah. Our last big climb was Borneo and that was the situation. The year that we were going to go do Akintanago yeah. in Borneo, it did blow up and hundreds of people died because oh. there were all kinds of climbers on the mountain at the time. And a lot of local, lo- the local the guides are all locals, mm-hmm. right? So we, we went, we waited for them to recover from that and put the lines in properly again. And then we went back and but you could still, it's, it's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like moms were like the, the guide we had, she had three sons that were on the mountain guiding and she lost two of them. And so she's begging the guy that we, like, my mom begged me to not do this anymore, but it's, he loves it. It's his job. That's how he makes money. So. So what's the biggest thing you've learned or still learning about yourself as you take on these feats of climbing mountains? Um, There's a discipline to it that gets added to my life that might not be there for sure, but more powerfully it is how your empowerment in yourself can grow as you take these on. So mm-hmm. no longer am I happy with doing, <laughs> doing things that I was happy with 10 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Now it's gotten bigger and better, bigger and bigger in many ways. And I do like a lot of diversity in my experiences. So 
I've recently changed to long distance walking. Um, we walked around Prince Edward Island last September. We did 500 kilometers in 20 days. And it's a whole, there's things in there that you can't train for, yeah. you don't train for. And you, um, sometimes there might be a little bit of like arrogance or cockiness in that we are now mentally strong. So mm. sometimes we don't train as, as much physically as we should and we need to now. So putting that back into our lives, yeah. but it's definitely the empowerment, the walk into your fears. Like why say no to things? Like, you know, mm-hmm. just try it. You Ooh. never know what will happen. Why say no to things? Just try it. So we in our B roll came to know you did a very bold, you took a very bold move, which is something that, you know, not a lot of people, something else though, not a lot of people just do. And you left a career to open up your own business. And that is like a mountain, right? That's like climbing a mountain and you probably Mm -hmm. still climbing that mountain. So talk to me about, you know, maybe even just what led to that and making that, that really bold decision and, you know, um, what you've learned about that, that might help or facilitate or shorten the time frame for others to do the same if that's their desire. Well, Hello Awesome Inc. is 10 weeks old. Mm-hmm. And I, in the back of my mind, since my 30s, have thought, geez, it would be cool to have my own company someday. And I was a tech recruiter, so there have been times when I could do it. But I was a single mom, sole supporting parent for many years. And I just, the security was more important. Um, and making sure that I had the time to do everything that I wanted to do with my family. And so then all these excuses or whatever can come into your head, right, when you just want to dig into it. But, I mean, I had a great job. I worked for a great company. I had a lot of golden weights on, and it's hard to walk away from that. And I figured I was never probably going to walk away from it. If I wake up one morning and I really have this burning desire, I need to just follow through with it, Mm. which is a very privileged decision. So I did. I quit my corporate role without having a side launch or anything started, right? I actually didn't even really know fully what I wanted to do, but I was also in a point where I I was feeling burnt out and having some health issues that I needed to rectify, and I thought... I've just said yes to way too many things. <laughs> I was too, had a big volunteer position with Lean in Toronto. And I thought, I'm just going to leave my corporate job. And I'm going to be 60 soon. Like, I am 60 now. But at that point, when I made that decision. And I took the time. I went back to school. I figured out what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. I started looking at graphic artists and figuring out my logo and company name and all that stuff. While I trained to go do the Prince Edward Island Um, long walk and I opened it launched it in January so I am now a coach and a facilitator of helping to empower other people in their careers and their lives and it's amazing like I'm doing it from a strengths context so I'm, I'm a positivity person so um, having been an HR person for all those years, things like performance appraisals and measuring and all of that, I'm like, you know, we just at this point need everybody focused on what is right with them. Yeah. We need to, and people, a lot of people don't know what their strengths are, yeah. but so helping them discover what their strengths are, helping them just figure out how they all intertwine with each other. Cause none of those definitions is in, is in isolation. Your top five strengths are your one in 33 million is how the numbers work from Gallup and, and how do we put that into our lives or our careers or your next move or transition, whatever it is that you want to do. That's what Hello Awesome is all about for individuals and teams. Wow. 
like, so it's funny when Karen told me that I was like, Where, what rock was I sleeping under? But I, you know, I was like, I know you left your job. And I just assumed you kind of went to another corporate role and just really deeply inspired by you, like really, really deeply inspired by you. And, uh, you know, I think if there's anything that I've taken from this and I shared with her, as soon as she told me, I went to this quote that my coach happened to just post. And I'm going to share it here again is know that you could start late, look different, be uncertain, and still succeed. And that's uh, the amazing Misty Copeland um, said that. And I, you know, I think if there's one thing that has just really resonated with me is the fact that you have made so much of these bull moves, taken risks, you know, and I don't, and I don't like to put a, like make it look like 50 is like something, but 50 is not 25, right? You're like, I, I recall when I was 26, I felt like I had the whole world ahead of me, right? Like, and now at 50, you know, like I, you know, I just turned 50 last year and I think about like the people around me that I'm close to, some of them are getting older, right? Like our parents are getting older and passing on and stuff like that. So it really does make you realize that life is not as long on, you know, um, is quite short. Um, and sometimes that alone stops us. And you just seem to be geared, like you are just like, <laughs> looks like just you're just geared up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know my friends think I'm nuts when they said, oh, like at my birthday party in December, my, my childhood girlfriends are there and they've all been excited about retiring. And I'm like, I'm opening my business in a couple of weeks. And they're like, you're what? I'm like, I'm opening my, I hadn't told anybody. <laughs> so I'm, I'm opening my business and it's my 10 year plan. And they're like, what? 10 year plan? Like, why would you want to do that? I'm like, I am so excited. Yeah, of course. But we're excited about different things, right? Yeah. Some people want to have that, right? I just don't want to wind down yeah. because I love when I feel energized. Yeah, and that's yeah. Well, when, when you're I'm when you're in purpose, to be quite honest, it really does sound like to me, Hello Awesome is totally in purpose for you. Um, you're not working. No, nope. you know what I mean. And so you're gifting, you're gifting and not working, and you're serv- you're in service to you know greater good. And so really, really happy for you. And so you know, I can see it all over your face. I can feel it in your energy. What's the like? What's the biggest thing that you're so looking forward to right now? I'm getting my first team opportunity is honestly from a business point of view, but, but the next would be, we have big plans in the fall. We're going to go back and finish Prince Edward Island walk um, because hurricane Fiona took us out after 20 days. And then we're going to Vietnam to climb the highest mountain in Indochina. <laughs> but of course it's going to involve a mountain. I should have <laughs> <laughs> I should have said, which mountain are you looking forward to climbing? so you know you're ish like that hello awesome like what's that one thing that right now you have the microphone the world is listening you know what's the biggest takeaway that you could share right now we all need to know what our strengths are and to be able to articulate it whether it be with our family with our teams um to our boss and only 30% of people know what their strengths are. So I wrap that around my, what I'm offering, because I think for me, even after doing like 30 some odd assessments as an HR person, 
putting the words activator, maximizer, futurist, arranger, and empathy to me has really just made everything make sense. Mm. So now I can fully be me and fully understand why didn't I want to just go into a job that already existed. I, I like to create new things. Mm-hmm. I'm futuristic in me, right? And I need I need to be able to bring that to the table because that's how that's I'm gonna be able to give my ex yeah. give my ex to the world. So yeah. well yeah. you are awesome. And I'm you know and I say and I, I love that I love that you have named your company Hello Awesome because because uh, <laughs> you certainly bring that into my life and uh, from the day we've met and you've always given me space and I, I'm just, I'm really excited about all that you're going to do, Karen. And, and so I have some rapid thrivers for rapid thrivers for you, five of them. So my first question for you is when you think of someone who inspires you, who comes first to mind? Uh, Gloria Steinem, I have to say, and Oprah. Okay. Anything specific about both of them? I love um, Gloria Steinem's activism and mm. she has, has an opinion and she's not afraid to share it. And she just like opened the world up for women and, and help men see the, the difference, yeah. right? See yeah. why they should be along for the ride. Yeah. Become, be a feminist and be proud of it. I'm almost afraid to ask this one. What's a daily activity that really makes you feel empowered? <laughs> um, nature. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not that intimidating. <laughs> I like that. Phew, I could do that too. Okay. What is, what is a book that has helped you uh, that's helped you with your thrive and empowerment? So this would be another parenting lesson. I think my mom was pretty awesome. She worked herself out of a, a really bad childhood. The Power of Positive Thinking by mm. Norman Vincent Peale. Yeah. That was her way of punishing my sister and I when we said anything negative about ourselves as a teen. We had to go read a chapter and come down and tell her what that chapter was all about. Uh, that's probably by my sister and I are both really high in positivity. Yeah, that book is a ageless. That's an amazing book. Yeah. What is an app on your phone that helps you feel empowered or stay empowered or definitely Spotify for both music and for podcasts. Okay. And my last one is what is one misconception that people have of you, Karen, as they see you, I don't know, sharing trips on the peak top mountain <laughs> and getting ready for your next one, leaving corporate, starting your own business. What's that misconception? I'm not rich. <laughs> <laughs> And people think I'm an extrovert, but when you look at everything I pick, it's not, I'm mountain climbing is very lonely. Running is very lonely, but I, I like to do extroverted things as well. Yeah. Um, so you, you've got to be able to walk both sides of the street. Yeah. You and I have that in common. I, I, I know if I say this, yes, I come off as much as an extrovert, but I truly believe that I'm as much an introvert as well. Yeah. I yep. find my strength in being alone. Yeah. Okay, so where do we find more of you and how do we follow you as you get ready for your next climb in Vietnam? Okay, so professional me is Hello Awesome Inc. on everything, including TikTok and LinkedIn. And um, the uh, athletic alter ego is Karen Getter Done on every platform as well. And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. Okay, and we'll be sharing all of those links in the show notes. And uh, one last parting question for you. This podcast is called Empowered in My Skin. And I want to know, as you wear that shirt, (laughs) what does that mean to you? To me, it, it means that you feel empowered 
with <coughs> regardless of what anybody else is saying or doing or trying to drive you towards. You're empowered to make your own decisions. I love that. And I truly believe in the whole premise of this podcast is empower people, empower people. And there's someone, I promise you, Karen, there's someone who from this episode is going to start their journey to climb a mountain. And it might be me. <laughs> I might be oh, me. I can't? Can I come? I'm like, I'm so like wanting to say just yes and do it. It sounds so exciting. Let's do it. Let's find one. Yes. Anybody out there who is taking on anything, a new big challenge or has a new way of thinking about that now, please let me know on social media. Let me know what you're doing and I'll be your cheerleader. I love it. I love it. We love you. Thank you, Karen, for saying yes to being on this podcast. And to everyone that's been listening, this is Sally, where I have to say... We're out. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) There you have it. I trust you are feeling more empowered in your skin. As the late Dr. Maya Angelou said, when you get, you give. When you learn, you teach. So it would mean so much for us at EIMS if you would share this episode and tag us or teach an insight that you took from today's episode on your socials and tag us. Feel free to leave us a review over at iTunes and follow us on social media at Empowered in My Skin. Finally, remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you soon.